it's not every day you get to have your brother on the show that's going to also inspire you to do amazing things in your life, to be your business partner, your confidant, the man standing right next to you in your corner. So everybody, sit back and relax, grab your cup of tea, your cigar, your vape pen, your bong, your glass of scotch, your whiskey, whatever it is that you want to do, and enjoy the show. Welcome what up? to the Habits of the Few. What we got for them? Where we discuss habits, rituals, and mindset tactics that you can use to reach your version of success. Yeah. And now, here's your host, Mona Bolsi. So outside of you being in real estate, what other ventures are you currently involved in? So I'm a coach for Lead by Existence. That's a weekly meetup with me and two other individuals, you being one of those individuals. Uh, And I also have a podcast called 254, where right now I'm in the process of trying to develop different habits. So right now I'm on day three, and it's been challenging so far, man. I'm a little bit more tired than I normally am. I'm a lot more sore than I normally am. I find myself thinking about my day, but it's nice because the times where I normally kick back and like take a few minutes for myself, I'm myself, and it's not the fact that I'm doing that. It's a frequency at why, like how I'm catching myself. So too many times throughout the day, am I like, oh man, I should be doing something. So that's part of the process of me trying to minimize those things, find better habits for myself, um, and then explore a new path. So it's it's. Exciting. I'm realizing too, it's leaving me very vulnerable. So that's something I didn't really consider when I first started is how vulnerable I have to be throughout the whole process because I have to give daily updates, you know, I have to give updates about everything that I'm doing. So it's not even just accountability. It's like, I'm giving a piece of myself and then register until earlier today when I'm sitting there and I'm talking into my phone, I'm like, Jesus, like I'm giving a detailed account of everything that I'm doing. So now everyone knows my habits. So I'd, I'd be easy to find if, you know, you're looking <laughs> at my whole routine. What led you to wanting to do this project? So it just changes, man. I mean, I see for me, it was a matter of a lot of missed opportunity over the years. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I've been wanting to do um, that I just never got around to. I always made excuses for it. Uh, I legitimately got busy is what I tell myself, but when it comes down to it, there's a lot of time in the day that I'm not utilizing. For instance, one of the things that I changed was waking up at 5 a.m. And that's something that I'm not giving myself any leeway on. So instead of waking up at 5.30, 5.45, letting my day start later, immediately at five o'clock, my alarm's ringing, which by the way, an alarm is something that I'm doing. Because before I would just wake up in the morning and I do naturally wake up pretty early, but now it's get up by the alarm at the latest. And now I'm up, I'm doing things. So I'm providing more time throughout my day in order to see what else I can do. And it's letting me tackle those projects that I once didn't have enough time for, was too busy for. Um, And, you know, it's making me more aware. So as you know, I love you know, to go down roads, to try to make myself a little bit more self-aware, to try to find out where I'm at. That's something I've always had to do since I was a kid. Um, and it's, it's been interesting. I mean, it's only three days in and I'm, I'm struggling with trying to make these changes for myself. I think the, the quickness of the adapt, you know, the adaptation here is really fucking with me. Like it's really something that I'm thinking about a lot and, um, I feel exposed but I think it's normal and I think 
over time, I'm going to have to deal with this and try to figure out how to make it work best for myself. You've always been, well, as long as I've known you, you've been pretty self-aware. Um, what, 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 what happened to you throughout your life that, that helped contribute to that self-awareness that has brought you to the level of which you are at today? I made a lot of bad choices. Um, I, you know, well, granted the past, you know, 10 years, I guess has been a lot of bad choices. I've yeah, a lot of relationships to the ground that, that I shouldn't have. Um, I disconnected myself from people that maybe I could have been a, a better person toward them in the end. Um, I could have been a better person toward myself. I could have provided more value in those scenarios um, is really disrespectful. I feel a lot of the stuff that I did and, you know, from that, I just want to change. I mean, there's only so many times you can kind of bring bridges with people before you realize you're kind of, you're kind of being a piece of shit. I mean, that's really what it came down to for me. And, um, I know I run the risk of being an asshole to people because it's just my temperament and kind of my personality. And that's how people see me sometimes, but I, I'm not so much worried about that as I'm worried about making sure that I'm valuing the people that are around me that I need to. Um, and, you know, appreciating the relationships that I have and giving them the respect and dignity that I should, because I'm bringing these people in close for a reason. You know, I need to, I need to be there. And not just expect and take and put myself at this. I don't know. I didn't like it, dude. So just a lot of mistakes obviously put me here. Right. You have an interesting story, though. One that develops uh, your grit and your tenacity and, and, and a lot of disciplines that you had to almost forcibly endure just to make it out of there to, to put yeah. yourself in a situation where you could be self-reliant. Right. Yeah. And I think a, a, a lot of, you know, with, with today's younger generation shit, I mean, that's not even specific to younger generation. I would just say the society of which we live in today, we have a lot of people with a victim mentality um, that never want to take accountability and, and blame others and blame circumstance environment the outside world um for you know for for their lack of success or for uh the bad things that happened to them yeah were you were you did you ever have were you ever in a state of mind where you were playing the victim and if so how did you move away from that uh mentality yeah so um I don't think I recognize that I was playing the victim. I, I just think my answer was the key to my happiness was indifference. Yeah. So I felt like if I put myself in a state of indifference, then I'm winning because I allowed myself to get emotionally detached. So, you know, there was a time where I was like 15 years old and I was left in my house. So my mom left, my dad wasn't there. Um, my mom moved to Nashville and, you know, in high school, I'm left in this house by myself, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen next. Um, I didn't know anything about finances or 
foreclosures until one day I showed up from school, there's a padlock on my door. Um, so I kind of had to figure out at that point, what the hell am I going to do? You know, and obviously I knew that I had been left before that happened. I knew that I was on my own. You know, I kind of emotionally detached myself, had some parties at my house. I saw it as kind of a cool thing to have this house by myself. But reality started to hit me when I'm bouncing around from house to house. I'm sleeping in my buddy's backyard um, because I just don't know where I'm going to stay. I tried staying with a few people. I get kicked out because I was a bad influence for my buddies at the time. Um, and then, of course, you know, there was gracious enough people that took me in to where I ended up saying. Were you, though, a bad influence or were you just? Yeah, I mean, of course it was. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a mixture of the two, right? There's two dumb kids in the house and there's, you know, one kid who has his buddy over who he's excited and your buddy gets to stay with you. You know, you remember sleepovers as a kid. It's exciting shit, especially when they get to live with you because they don't understand the gravity of the situation that I actually need a place to stay. For me, I, you know, I, I didn't know any better. So I'm just there to hang out. I started drinking and smoking weed when I was 13 years old. You know, my first beer, unfortunately, was a Miller Lite in this girl's kitchen when I was 13. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And from there, things kind of spiraled after... I got left. That's kind of all I had was all these party people that I was surrounded by. Um, and then that's when, you know, drugs and stuff took place um, just a few years after that. So, yeah, I was definitely a bad influence because all I wanted to do was go home and start drinking. And I proved that all through high school because my senior year of high school, when I was on the north side of Chicago after leaving from the south side, um, we're going home at lunch and we're drinking coconut sobe filled with vodka, ripping the bong, like going back inside, taking a couple of Vicodin, hanging out all day. I'm just out of it. I mean, I was out of it for a few years until I actually left and joined the military because I, that was my option at the time. So joined the Air Force, got away from that. Um, and that was a bummer in itself because I was in a situation, I was living with this great family, um, the Nolans, I guess. Um, but they took me in and, and they kind of showed me, hey, these things are achievable. Uh, a better life is possible. We're going to get you through community college. We'll look at different schools. I thought that was amazing. And then one day my dad showed up after not being around for the past year and a half saying, hey, you're going to come with me. You're my son. So I moved in with my dad and my dad lived in a basement with one bedroom that was, you know, 10 paces back and forth. Were you reluctant? I'm sorry. Move it. Were you reluctant? Were you reluctant to move in with your dad after being in an environment that seemed positive and uplifting and forward thinking? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a real bummer because I knew what I was going to be going back to. You know, my, our our primary grocery store was the Dollar Tree. You know, so that's where we're getting all of our shit. Where I have to walk to the Dollar Tree. Where when I was at the Nolan's house, there's an instance, and I remember this like it was yesterday. We go into the store. And when I'm shopping with my parents when I was a kid, we're always conscious of price. Like we didn't buy a drink when we would buy a burger at Burger King, you know, because it's just too much money. I go to the store with them and I told her that I liked um, Snapple, right? Because a little pop top, you have a little fax on the bottom. And she's like, grab a case of them. And I was like, no, no, that's too much money. And she's like, just grab a case. And that moment like did something to me. Cause one, I still remember it like if it was yesterday and two, it was that moment where it's like, 
holy shit, like I can do, I can do this. Like this can be part of my life. I just saw a bigger life than what I was letting myself see, letting myself experience prior to that point. It was like a, to me, it sounds like it was the first domino effect of getting you out of scarcity mindset. Yeah, probably. And when I saw that, you know, that's when I kind of got an insight to kind of what their parents did and their dad who would flip houses and he worked construction, very blue collar guy, very um, straightforward, you know, direct guy. Um, and their mom was a teacher, but she was just always so helpful and so just persistent on being a part of her kids' lives. And she's just a great mother and a great person to look up to because of the knowledge that she had and the person that she is and that she lived was always very consistent. So seeing that, I just saw a better household. I saw a better life. And that was incredibly encouraging for me. And when my dad showed up, I knew that I was going to be taken away from all that. Now, that's not to take anything away from my dad. I love my dad. And I appreciate the fact that, of course, he showed up. You know, he's my blood. But... You know, when you're in a situation where you're talking about college and you're talking about what the next steps are going to be to, I don't have any money, I don't have any resources, I don't have any options, and I don't have any advice for you, so good luck. It's a huge kick in the balls. And my first instinct was to get out of there. I realized I wasn't going to go to school. I didn't have the initiative myself. I felt like I needed some of that structure to help me propel myself a bit. So my answer was join the military and get out of here. Join the military and try to get into the medical field because people in the medical field are always needed and I'm always going to have a job. So I became a medic in the Air Force and that was that was a great time. That was a great experience. I got how, to- how long did you, what was the transition between you going to the Air Force after moving in with back to your, with your father? Within a year. Okay. So my, it was my Sorry. senior year. So I went there at the beginning of my senior year. I was out of there by June, like June... Yeah, June is when I left to the Air Force. Wow. Yeah, and that was a huge, yeah, you know, it was a huge bummer. But I'm happy I did it. I mean, I learned a lot. I met some people. Got to travel. Got to do stuff. But what did the Air Force teach you that that you didn't have in your arsenal before? Um, it definitely put me. You know, a lot of people give the Air Force, as they say, it's a chair force. They don't do much. They sit on their ass all day. And granted, you know, we did have like lobster Wednesdays when I was <laughs> in Colorado. I'm not going to lie. It was very cush, but <laughs> it was because it, it gave me a, a little bit more direction. I think a lot of the people that were my sergeants would just tell me the same speech that I would get in high school. You have so much potential if you just did this. Like, you have so much potential here and here. And that potential talk I got my whole life until my early 20s. You know, so it was something that kept a, a little bit of inspiration for me. Um, it got to show me people from, you know, different parts of the country, which I thought was kind of pretty valuable because growing up in Chicago, it's very diverse. You get to see a great mix of people from all over the world. I went to Mather High School my senior year, which was one of the most diverse schools in the city at the time it was. Um, I'm not so sure anymore. I've been there in a lot of years, but. I liked seeing that and it allowed me to connect with a bunch of people that, you know, a lot of them were looking to get away from home. A lot of them were looking for change and I knew that I needed change. I just didn't know how to pursue it. And I didn't realize that that's what I was looking for. So, you know, one day, obviously that clicked for me a couple years later, but looking back, I feel like everything that I was doing 
you know, even now, well, up until now, I guess, was in a conscious effort to propel me to the next step. And I wasn't sure how they were connected and I wasn't sure how my growth was going, but I knew that I had to keep swimming, like keep fighting harder, right? And then it kind of connected itself to where I'm at right now. I kept taking those random sales jobs. I was moonlighting a medical job. After I got out of the military, I moved back to Chicago and I worked at a place called Yellow Brick. And Yellow Brick is a rehab facility for, you know, it's a rehab facility. So a lot of people addicted to drugs, a lot of people with um, psychological addictions, a lot of people that are just really struggling. But I wasn't sure that I really liked it. So I worked that job at night. I would work it from 9 p.m. till 6 in the morning. And then in the daytime, I saw um, a marketing company that was expanding in Chicago. So I would work that job from 8 p.m. to like 5, 6, 7 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, and I was sleeping on the train between jobs to figure out what I liked more. So I was like, should I do this medical thing or should I do the sales thing? And here I am going back and forth. And I did that for months before I made the decision to stop, you know, stop focusing on the medical stuff, start focusing on marketing. I think sales is kind of more of my speed. I like to talk to people. I like to, you know, engage with people. And I like obviously the profitability factor to where there's no cap, right? But if you work in a hospital, you have your limitations and then you have to put in your years before you get to a certain place. I wanted, you know, in my mind at the time, get rich quick scheme. Obviously, that's not a thing and it never is effective. So it led me to where I'm at now. So like I said, I wasn't sure what my path was or where I was going. I knew that I needed change and I knew these things were going to help me get to a place that I needed to be. And it's been working out so far. So I'm pretty happy about it. That's awesome. Do you regret your decision moving away from the medical? No, not at all. I mean, I, I love the medical field. I think that the... A nice plan C for me, um, but I think I made the right choice. I feel very comfortable where I'm at now. Um, I feel really confident where I'm at. I feel I have a lot of control over my life, and that's something that I didn't have the luxury of having before, especially when I was younger. And it was like somebody took me, you know. And now it's like I'm going to insert myself here and make it work, and it's been a huge benefit for me. So I've been able to tap into a truer version of myself and lead me to this point to where I feel like 254 could be achievable, you know, and and reasonable in doing. Um, I feel like my real estate career is only going to thrive from where it is right now. And I have a lot of things that are pointing in in those directions. So no, I I think I made the right choice. What, What are some of the things, some of the assets that you were able to build assets from a personal development standpoint that you took away from sales, being independent, working for yourself. Because a lot of people tend to have the struggle of being consistent enough, disciplined enough, and having the sheer will to see it through. Um, and, and, and it's not just applicable to sales, right? Like this, this can be for anything, any career, anything that you want to do in life, right? Mm. But I feel like you being thrown in a sales job or you know, entrepreneurial or anything that, that dictates you make, um, what you make is, is, is a direct result of the work that you put in, mm-hmm. um, to be self-reliant. What are, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way that have helped benefit you in staying consistent and, and 
always progressing forward to make sure that you're constantly moving the needle, leveling you up to the next step or the next evolutionary step of, of your career. Yeah, for sure. I've learned a ton. I mean, I've been here for hours and a lot of the stuff that I've learned, not to say I apply it all, but I've learned a shit ton. Um, I, I've learned to deal with, you know, a lot of the stressors that I would normally have. I learned not to be complacent in kind of what I was doing. Um, I learned to how to deal with, you know, I've explained this to you before, but the waves that would come crashing in on you. Now we were talking about mindfulness and meditation, but I think it's applicable toward all the stressors that you have to deal with. So, you know, you're sitting on a beach, you're going through your day, you're going through life and these waves keep coming after and, you know, keep coming one after the other. And that's kind of how life is, right? Every struggle keeps coming. Some waves are larger than the other, but they all keep coming and crashing on the beach. Um, I've learned how to look past that a lot more and understand that those waves are going to be continuous no matter what. And I just go about my day on the, you know, I wouldn't really call this a beach, but it's Oregon and I love it. So, um, you know, I've learned to make sure that I'm, I'm doing things to, it's not so much random anymore. Why I'm trying to take these next steps in sales where before it was a lot of random application. And I thought maybe this can put me in the right direction. Now I know where the direction's going. Now I know what to do and where to place myself, who I need to surround myself with, and the fact that my circle needed to shrink a lot. When I moved here, you know, we had a few buddies that came out um, after I moved here that we remained friends for a long time, you know, and these are guys that I still talk to very seldomly now. Uh, A couple of them I don't, but there was for years my want to always be around them. And I wanted to connect with my boys from Chicago. I wanted to hang out with them and, and do stuff. And it was really negative for me. I mean, I hate saying that if they're listening, they're probably like, fuck you, dude. But there's a reason we're not hanging out all the time, right? It's because I realized that my circle needed to get smaller. I realized that my past, just because I knew those guys, doesn't mean I know those guys. And a lot of our priorities are changing in very different factions. So where I saw challenges and struggles, they didn't see it as that, and they just saw it as like part of their life. And I wanted to go past that. Um, And there's things that they saw in me that they didn't agree with. And there was a lot of butting heads. Toward the end of our relationship, we were butting heads on a lot of stuff. So it wasn't just one way like, oh man, I think I'm better than them, so I need to get out of here. It was just our priorities weren't the same anymore. And the stuff that I was looking for for my life and what I wanted to do was no longer there in my relationship with them. So we just had to split ways. So it's just one of those things. I mean, as you grow older, as you become more mature in the business that you're in, um, as you set these goals for yourself, especially when you know, you're self-directed, self-employed, entrepreneurial mindset, you understand that those changes need to happen or you will forever be putting yourself in a box and I'm looking to break those barriers. So I don't think I've ever would have been able to reach that kind of mindset if it wasn't for the career that I'm in now and all the things that I'm doing. Um, so I hope that answers your question. It does. A lot of it, a lot of the struggles that most people endure is, well, let me ask you this. So you, you, you let's say you don't have any business right now. Yeah. Okay. You're not answering to anybody. You don't have to be anywhere at a specific time of day. Mm -hmm. 
how the hell are you gonna wake up, structure yourself, and do the things that you need to get done in order to start generating an income for yourself so that you can live? Forget thriving, but just so that you can pay the essentials, roof over your head, food in the fridge, your cell phone bill, utilities, things like that. Like you're talking about if I have a real estate license? Well, just, just in general, right? Well, whatever it is, sales, yeah. anything in sales, entrepreneurial minded. Like if you, if you're starting from, from scratch right now, yeah, you don't have, you don't have any obligation and, and you don't, you don't have appointments, you don't have calls, you don't have any follow-ups, nothing, right? Yeah. What, what is, cause you, you deal with people who have, and I've felt this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, paralysis by analysis and we all wake up i used to wake up like i i don't know how i'm gonna make money today or what am i going to do yeah and then people get stuck and they get lazy they become complacent and then it's not until maybe their back is up against the wall where if they don't pay rent they're gonna be evicted the next day or something like that right yeah. or or on the flip side people that are starting a new career and you know they are living with their parents or their uncle or their friend or whatever while they, you know, start, start this new venture. Because I, I, I totally believe that motivation is like a Kickstarter, but it's not going to, it's not going to see you all the way through, right? It's not going to take you into the seventh inning stretch. Waiting for motivation is nonsense. Right. So what, what is it? What is the thing? What is the je ne sais quoi? Like, what is it that's going to help you and what has helped you propel yourself forward to get to the point that you're at now other than the fact that you just need money. Yeah. Um, geez. <laughs> I think um, trying to figure out exactly not what your motivation is, um, but kind of what your, what your ability is to be able to prioritize your day. So prioritization. Uh, I think that's really important with where you're trying to lead yourself. Um, you know, not everybody, like my brother, for instance, okay? which he's fine with me talking about. He's 22, right? I'm trying to figure shit out right now. We had to talk about what he wanted to do when he got out here. He moved out here from Portland, from Nashville. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, I know you don't want to be a real estate agent. I know you don't want to be a business owner. I know you don't want to do any of that shit. Just make yourself some money. Have fun. Like, yep. you don't have to want to conquer the world in order to make it. You know, I, I see somebody that works at Walgreens, which I used to work, as successful if they're happy there. The manager's there. You know, when I worked there, she was an incredibly happy lady. She had a great staff. She ran a great ship, as I would call it. And she is very successful in all those ways. So I, I don't think it, I mean, that's a hard question to answer. There's no r- wrong way to start it, it's just starting. It's just taking action to try to put yourself in a position where if you want to be part of a trade that you don't have any experience with, get yourself in front of people that, you know, if you want to be a doctor, put yourself around some doctors, join some networking groups that are going to give you some direction as to how you can approach your school and approach your studying the right way. Um, put yourself in part of groups of students that can help lead you in the right direction. I think it's a lot of exposure and a lot of networking. Um, that's what I did when try to find where I was in my position. I just got involved with a lot of different areas. So like I got involved, I thought maybe I could work. Well, I just needed money at the time, but I got a job at Chipotle. 
And then I got a job at Jimmy John's as a bike delivery guy because I needed some money on the side. And then I ended up being a GM and marketing director for three Jimmy John's, or GM for one, um, marketing director for three. But that wasn't like coincidental. It wasn't just like fell into it. I saw that there was an opportunity and I put myself around those people and it led me to that position. So I think it's just a matter of taking the first step and stop having so much self-doubt. And a lot of people, you know, like for me, before I started the podcast, before I started doing a lot of this, I thought, well, who the, who the fuck am I? Like, who am I to be giving people advice? Who am I to, you know, let people know how they should be living their lives? And then you read these stories of these guys that write these New York Times bestsellers on how to be a millionaire, how to make all this money. And they're in fucking college dorms. Like these guys are not millionaires. These guys are just guys that are putting out information. So we're all on the same playing field here, man. I mean, it's just making sure that you get yourself out there. You have a little self-confidence and you're able to talk to people and not be a bumbling idiot because it goes a long way to be able to stand in front of a person and have a fluid conversation with them. Right. I mean, I personally would rather take advice from someone who's had practical knowledge. Right. So, so I don't care if you made a million bucks or if you made a hundred grand, if I've made zero and I want to learn what you have accomplished, it's a lot easier for me to be able to connect with somebody like you. That's let's say, you know, made a few hundred grand from real estate and I'm Mm -hmm. just starting out. I I can, the, the reach is much closer, right? I'm, yeah. I'm closer to you. And if I can just mimic what you did, I can get to, let's say, $400,000 a year. Yeah. And and then I would I eventually want to go to the guy that makes a million dollars a year mm-hmm. and then so on and so forth. So I think that's, that's really huge. Also, mo- most people that are listening to this podcast are in their late 20s, mid to late 20s. Yeah. And, and, and so, and I know a lot of them tend to have questions regarding, well, how can I make money in, in an economy like this? Uh, and, and most of them, in my opinion, from what, have I, from what I've seen, you know, they, they think that they can just start an e-commerce store, make sales. I think what's happened with, with today's economy from the digital spectrum of things is that most people think that making money online is like a game. Mm-hmm. And that it's not an actual legitimate business. I think that if you learn business from people that have succeeded in business, that can be applicable to any any industry, right? Mm-hmm. And you can leverage that those skill sets in order to, to to find success and and you know to taste different things. I think that if you're in your twenties right now, you should be tasting different things. If you don't know what you want to do, taste different things. If you haven't went to college and Go to different jobs. That's the other thing. I think most people are too too proud to to work at a Chipotle, to 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 push carts at Costco. You know, I was in my twenties and I was pushing carts at Costco. I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, like that's what I'm saying. And the other thing is that most people tend to have um, fear, fear in and and failure, and sometimes fear in, in actually reaching that success. Mm-hmm. I know I had that, and and I know a lot of people do too. So I think that's really, really huge. And I really, and I, and I know that people listening to this right now are going to be truly impacted by your story because in essence, it is kind of a rags to riches story. I mean, you came from nothing. You had every non advantages, you know, uh, 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 scenario thrown at you as a child. And then you had like these, 
brief moments of clarity and and um, illustration of what life really could be like. Like that, I love that you note that that you notice and you still remember the the, the little scenario where you were in the store and. And, you know, you're, uh, the woman that took you in said to go ahead and grab that whole case of Snapple like that, that, that automatically triggered in your brain that, oh shit, something is shifting in here. I, this is possible. I can do this. Wait. So the way that yeah. I've been thinking is scarcity, being yeah. afraid of money, fear of money, fear of not having enough money. And then you had that briefly, then you got thrown back to it with your dad. And so you made the conscious choice like I need to get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. otherwise I'm going to start to brainwash myself again and thinking that none of this is achievable and you moved away into the air force I think that's huge I think what you did subconsciously was you created your own pattern interrupt yeah truly I mean that's a great way to put it yeah I just I wanted to, you got to avoid the broke trap man yeah. I, a lot of people fall into the broke trap or at least that's what I call it and you see all, you know, you're, you're picking up, you're, you're walking over dollars to pick up pennies, you know? Yep. You see yourself in this position to where, well, you know, like at that time, for instance, I could have easily stayed in Chicago. I could have easily got a job. I could have worked at the factory that my dad worked for 23 years and then got laid off. Like I could have easily gone down those roads and just accepted the life that I had. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I put my position myself in a position where I, I've lost a lot of that fear. Because what's the worst case scenario? What's going to happen if I lose everything now? If I fucking lose all my money today, I'm going to go back to a, a life that I'm very much familiar with. I live more than half my life that way. So I know how to get out of it. I know that I have the tools and the know-how to try to put myself in a different place. And I know that I'll be fine. So money comes and goes. I, it's never been the goal for me. I mean, at times I thought it was, and at times that's something that, you know, it did motivate me to an extent. But then once I realized that wasn't my main priority and that growth was such a bigger factor for my life, things started to change in a great way because what ends up happening is you start to focus on that growth and that change and that person that you were, and you start to detach yourself and then opportunity presents itself. So all these lucky scenarios that people come across is just them growing into the person that they have always been destined to be, you know? And whether or not you believe in destiny or fate or whatever the case might be, when you start to put yourself in the right position and start to take the right action as opposed to the adverse, you will start to grow in such a positive way and very profound and very quickly too. I mean, it's very steady and you work your ass off and you have to go through a lot of bullshit in order to get to this point to where boom, you start accelerating and you start to realize that, man, I need to adapt my situation a lot faster now. Nico, are you there? Nico. Like, I like. Oh, we lost What's you. For, you froze there for about two seconds. Oh, okay. But yeah, so like I said, I just, you know, regroup like throughout your growth and, and your pursuit into towards your growth, just make sure to give yourself those moments to where you're able to regroup for yourself to make sure you have the right tools in your arsenal to continue to move forward. Cause you're going to be collecting a lot of shit. I've collected a lot of knowledge, how to's 
um, you know, throughout my time and connecting with people. There's a lot of it that's great. There's a lot of it that's great that I don't utilize because it doesn't really apply to my life. So it's just picking the pieces that are going to work best for me and fit my personality the best. And the other thing too is, you know, ditching your passion for a little while. A lot of people want to just, oh, I need to do just what's passionate for me. And that's great. I respect that. If that's where you want to go, that's a lot of struggle, I think. Um, And it kind of puts you with a lot of pitfalls. For me, my passion for a long time was just making music. Now, it's not great music, okay, but it's very fun. And I had a great time doing it. And you better believe that if, you know, money wasn't an object and, um, if trying to put myself in a position to where I surround myself with people that I want to be around people that I, I just, cause I love learning. I love being around people that love educating. I love, you know, humbling myself in a lot of scenarios because it just, it's influence, it influences me in a really positive way. And it's very inspiring for me. And I like feeling that, you know, that's as close to motivation for me as it gets Because motivation. You know, I can wake up motivated. It's going to be gone in an hour, mm-hmm. but constantly surrounding myself with these people that's fuel man that's just they're gassing me up and it continues allows me to continue so for me that's what it's all about it's put me in this position here with you it's put me the relationship that we have would never be to the point of where it is now if i didn't see my world that way my relationship with you know the friends with my family that i have now them calling me Asking for advice, it's a big fucking deal for me. I'm one of seven kids, okay? And I, my older sister, who raised me essentially when I was just a little kid, um, you know, calls me like stressing out or asking me a question. She doesn't realize it, and I don't express this to her, and maybe I should, and maybe that's something I'll figure out later down the road. But that does something to me that I've never experienced before. And that... that just makes me feel a certain way that this person that was able to raise me when I was such a small kid, she was going through a lot of bullshit at the time too. Cause there's a lot of bullshit that happened when I was a kid, but for her to, you know, put herself in that position and then come back to me, that made me feel, it just makes me feel good, man. Like it just makes me feel like I'm doing something right. And it makes me feel like I'm moving in the right direction. And it's validation that I'm getting from things that are happening around me. I don't need someone to say, Hey, you're doing a great job. I just need the people around me to work in a uh, like effort, to see growth, to do the growth themselves. And I know that I'm growing because those people around me are continuing to grow themselves. So evaluating myself doesn't just come from evaluating myself. It comes from evaluating my surroundings to make sure I'm in the right spot. I love it. That's incredible. Uh, thank you. I'm speechless. Awesome. I- what I like to end with is what I usually do is either one of your favorite quotes or one of one of your favorite books that has helped impact your life in a positive way. Okay. I've had a few. Um, one I've mentioned before was the Tibetan book of living and dying. Um, that book for me was uh, a big deal. Now I'm not a super religious person. Um, I wouldn't really even say I'm spiritual. I think You know, I I think the universe works in your favor and the universe presents opportunities for you and it's up to you whether you take them or not. Um, That book helped me see, give me some clarity on kind of mindfulness, on settling my mind down a little bit. It helped with, you know, meditation. It helped with, um, with like a sense of purpose, 
essentially for myself. You know, it's very big picture, that book. It's, it's you know, Tibetan writing. So there's a lot of material in there. You're going to have to read it more than once. But once you do, you realize that there's so much value that's around you in the world that you will go years and not even notice. And until you open your eyes to those things that are around you that are already present, you're just going to go through your life on a very like singular motion. It's, it's not going to be what it can be. It's not going to be as fulfilling as it can be. And I, I'm trying to get there. I think that's a, a whole life thing that I need to do. And that's a life pursuit. Um, I don't know that I will ever be at that state. You know, I'm not a yogi or anything like that, but I'm learning, man, and I'm trying, and I'm going to continue to do that throughout my entire life. Love it. Where can people find you? So you can find me in Portland, Oregon, at my house. <laughs> or you can find me online at um, my podcast, 254. You can join my group with Mark and Mo called Lead by Existence. Um, or you can just give me a call if you're looking for real estate. Or uh, NicoRivera.info. You could also find me there. Um, and then you could learn how to do virtual tours if you're buying and selling. What's your uh, Instagram handle? Instagram handle is uh, the real Nico Rivera. There N- you go. Oh, not C N I K O. Cool. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate it. That was great. All right. Awesome. And thank you. I appreciate it. Go to habitsofthefew.com. 